The only person hurting sexual assault survivors here is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because she insists on wielding what happened to her as a weapon against her political opponents to silence anyone who would challenge her. This ultimately cheapens sexual assault. It makes it seem less serious if you would be so bold as to use it to win a political debate. Hey y'all, welcome to this episode of Unfit to Print. I'm your host, Amber Athey. I'm the Washington editor for The Spectator and a senior fellow with the Steamboat Institute. Before we get started, make sure that you guys go ahead and subscribe to the Daily Caller's YouTube channel and hit that notification bell. And also search for the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been on a tear for the past week, describing the fear that she had during the Capitol storming on January 6th and the fact that apparently she was nearly killed. According to Ocasio-Cortez's telling of events, the insurrectionist could have been right outside her office door at any moment, and she was so terrified that she hid in the bathroom for hours, only coming out when a police officer came to escort her from the premises. However, even when that police officer first knocked on her door, she said she was terrified because he did not announce himself and apparently approached her with, quote, hostility. She also was scared because it was a white man in a black beanie. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez went on an Instagram live stream on Monday to tell her account of the Capitol siege. Go ahead and watch this clip. There was no partner, was not yelling, you know, Capitol Police, etc., etc. But then what, but then it didn't feel right. Um because he was looking at me with a tremendous amount of anger and hostility. And um, things weren't adding up. Like there was no partner there. And there was, no one was yelling. He wasn't yelling like, this is Capitol Police, this is Capitol Police. And he was looking at me in all of this anger and, and hostility. AOC maligned this police officer repeatedly, suggesting that he could have had ill intentions and was aligned with the mob, with zero evidence backing up this suggestion. That's not the only person that she attacked when describing what happened to her at the Capitol. She also previously accused Senator Ted Cruz of almost having had her killed. Why? Because Ted Cruz voted against the certification of the election. If you even bring up voter fraud or question if there were irregularities in the 2020 presidential election, then you're somehow complicit in the violence that took place on January 6th. AOC also went after the people who criticized her for saying that Ted Cruz nearly had her murdered. She employed a really disgusting tactic during this live stream that myself and other women are now calling out. She brought up the fact that she is a past victim of sexual assault. Now, if that's true, I feel terrible for AOC. That is a horrible thing to have to have lived through. However, she went on to compare people who criticized her retelling of the Capitol storming of being just like her sexual abusers. She also suggested that any criticism of her will be compounding on the past trauma that she experienced as a sexual assault survivor. That's a weaponization of a sexual assault allegation. It's being used to silence her political opponents and prevent anyone from saying anything negative about her. Go ahead and watch this portion of the live stream. 
I'm a survivor of sexual assault. Um, and I haven't told many people that in my life. Um, but when we go through trauma, trauma compounds on each other. AOC could have used this opportunity to say, you know, in this particular moment, the threat wasn't as great as I thought it was. But because I have this past history of trauma, this particular moment in the storming of the Capitol was extra scary for me. I think that would have been a reasonable take. However, she continued to double down on the fact that she was mere moments away from death and then went on to accuse people who questioned her on that statement of being just like sexual abusers. That's when the sexual assault trauma and her allegation are being used as a political cudgel. I wrote about this for the Spectator's U.S. edition on Tuesday morning. I wrote, quote, AOC had to bring sexual assault into her discussion about the Capitol riot because her telling of events is indeed overly dramatic and frankly delusional. Most people will be discouraged from saying so because they don't want to be accused of being misogynistic or insufficiently sensitive to her trauma. And I turned out to be exactly right. Left-wing writer Michael Tracy called this stunt for what it was, which is manipulative, and he was immediately attacked by the Twitter mob who accused him of being sexist, misogynist, and not caring about sexual assault. When I tweeted about my article, I had tons of people in my mentions asking me if I had ever been sexually assaulted, implying that one, I can only criticize AOC or participate in this debate if I'm also a victim, and two, that they somehow are entitled to know the details about such a private thing about a woman's history. It's really quite disgusting and just confirms my belief that left-wing men and women don't actually care about women. They care about control. Most people are not going to say anything about this because, again, the left and AOC have defined the terms of the debate such that if you question anything about her story, you are now denying the trauma of survivors of sexual assault. But I'm going to talk about it. Because the facts show that AOC was not moments away from death that day, and that she's far exaggerated the threat to her life and to her staffers' lives. And also, criticizing her does not make you an abuser, it makes you honest. So let's go ahead and walk through the facts of the day. According to Congresswoman Katie Porter, she and AOC hid out in their offices for six hours, not knowing whether or not they would make it out alive. But according to an article from Business Insider, the U.S. Capitol had been secured just four hours after the initial breach of the building. And this was known at the time. There were tweets from numerous reporters indicating that the Capitol building had been secured. Matt Fuller, for example, tweeted at 5.34 p.m. on January 6th that the sergeant at arms said the Capitol building is secure and that the room broke out in applause in response to this. Now here's where AOC's story starts to fall apart even further. She wasn't even in the Capitol building that day. So that four-hour time period between when the rioters breached the Capitol building and the sergeant at arms gave the all clear doesn't even apply to her. She was in the Cannon House office building, which is a few blocks away from the Capitol. It's only connected by a series of underground tunnels, which are extremely confusing, and it's difficult to even find a map on the internet of this tunnel system. I find it very unlikely that these out-of-town rioters were able to get into this tunnel system, make their way to the Cannon House office building, and somehow hunt down AOC. 
I know that this is extremely implausible because I've been to the Capitol building numerous times and navigated these tunnels, and I still get lost on a regular basis and have to ask for directions from full-time staffers. Nancy Mace helpfully confirmed that no insurrectionists ever made their way to the Cannon Building. There were no insurrectionists or rioters in their hallway outside of their offices. She confirmed that while she was initially afraid, she soon came to realize that the threat was not at her door, the same thing that AOC keeps repeating over and over again. And it turns out that the Cannon Building was secured far before the Capitol ever was. According to reports from journalists at the time, the Cannon Building got the all-clear at 1.52 p.m. That is several hours before the Capitol building was secured. Yet somehow we're supposed to believe that AOC was staying in her bathroom for hours with no indication of where she was supposed to go, no help from police, fearing for her life, thinking that a rioter could be just around the corner at any moment. This is nonsense. Now, how did AOC respond to people pointing all this out? Well, of course, as predicted, she doubled down on the fact that people are not allowed to question her trauma because she's a sexual assault survivor. And if you question her story, you're telling all sexual assault survivors that you don't care about what happened to them and that they can't come to you to share their truth. She also went on to compare herself to a war veteran, saying, All I can think of with folks like Nancy Mace dishonestly claiming that survivors are exaggerating are the stories of veterans and survivors in my community who deny themselves care they need and deserve because they internalize voices like hers saying what they went through wasn't bad enough. So I guess we ought to give AOC the purple heart because her hiding in her bathroom for an hour only to find out that the threat was never outside her door is just like being a war veteran. AOC also sent out a letter to her supporters demanding that they report people on social media who use the hashtag Alexandria Ocasio Smollett, calling back to the Jesse Smollett case where he claimed that two men in MAGA hats had put a noose around his neck. She said that this is part of getting rid of misinformation in society and making sure that rule breakers are punished. So if you're not silenced by the fact that she'll call you a misogynist or an uncaring uh, bigot towards victims, then she'll make sure that they just scrub your social media account entirely. This still wasn't enough of a defense for AOC, who decided to round up some of her colleagues to share their own stories. They're kicking off a special order hour on the House floor. According to a press release, members of Congress will come together to recount their experiences of the January 6th Capitol attacks. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez organized this special order hour with the Congressional Progressive Caucus. The goal is to, quote, create space for members to talk about their lived experience and to call for accountability. It seems to me like this is going to be like the fairy tale hour at the library, considering that AOC refuses to acknowledge that so many of the things she's recounted about her lived experience have turned out to be straight up false. I would have plenty of sympathy for AOC if she just said, I was really scared in the moment because no one knew what was going on, but when I looked back, I realized that thankfully I wasn't really in danger. That's a perfectly reasonable statement to make, and I think many people would empathize with. Instead, she's continued to attack people who criticize her, claim that they're not sensitive to trauma or sexual assault, 
and compared herself to a military veteran while attacking her critics as just being like sexual abusers. Everything from top to bottom about this saga is completely dishonest, manipulative, and frankly downright disgusting. The only person hurting sexual assault survivors here is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, because she insists on wielding what happened to her as a weapon against her political opponents to silence anyone who would challenge her. This ultimately cheapens sexual assault. It makes it seem less serious if you would be so bold as to use it to win a political debate. When I said all of this on Twitter, the mob predictably came after me. They lobbed personal insults, slid in my DMs with some nasty threats, dug up old tweets to try to cancel me, and even emailed my employer trying to get me fired. But none of this is going to stop me. The only thing that matters to me is the truth. And so I will continue to call out AOC and any other politician who uses trauma for personal gain. It's the least I can do. That's it for this episode of Unfit to Print. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Daily Caller's YouTube channel and also search for the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thanks again for watching and we will see you next week.